Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Alvari here at the V-CIN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with Matt Humans and Lou Finacaro. We're talking NFL win totals. The NFL schedules obviously came out this week, which means handicappers can now look at strength of schedule, the travel impact, how much rest each team will have, etc. So according to Pro Football Focus, 13 of the 31 listed win total prices moved since Tuesday when the schedule was first coming out. Matt, have you added any NFL win total bets since the schedule release? I haven't bet any. No, I'm uh, looking to bet the Raiders maybe over seven. I think that's a low number. Raiders, don't forget, AFC teams get an extra home game this season. So they have nine home games. Raiders off an eight and eight season. And uh, seven is the win total a couple spots, which I think is kind of low for this team. But in general, I'm not going to bet many win totals at this point. You've got to wait seven or eight months to cash these tickets. And unless you see a number that's really off, I think it's – it doesn't make a lot of sense to fire at this point. We could see injuries later in the summer. We could mm-hmm. see injuries in August and uh, the shortened preseason. So the value at this point in betting uh, NFL win totals, I think, would mostly be unders. Mm-hmm. So I would look at uh, mostly betting unders on some of the uh, numbers I think are a little bit too high. And uh, I'll have a better answer for you this uh, on this question on Monday because I'm going to work on it a little bit this weekend and write about it for next week's Point Spread Weekly. But I've got some teams in mind here that I'm looking at analyzing the schedules that I'm uh, most likely going to play under the win total. Yeah, Raiders right now on DraftKings, the number at 7, the over at minus 115, the under at minus 106. Uh, Lou, when you look at these, is there anything that you take into account specifically? I, I really agree with, with Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd look at unders if I really was hungry for action at this point in time. But just like any week, regular week in the NFL, if mm-hmm. you want to move early, you do. And then mostly sophisticated gamblers will wait then if they move early till very late in the process. As far as the season win totals, I'm going to mimic that move and let some of the public get involved with this and spend four months of brain damage moving <laughs> these numbers around. And then before the season starts, I'll definitely get involved. It's surely possible I play an under or two between now and then. Mm-hmm. No way I'll play an over until the day before the season starts, but that's just an old-fashioned uh, approach that I use. He's old school, Danielle. That's Lou Finicaro. He's an old school handicapper. Yes. Well, so for those of us who like to have a lot of stomach ulcers and things like that, like to have our money tied up for several months. Let's just look at some of these for fun. Uh, the Steelers number right now on DraftKings is eight and a half. It's minus 110 on both sides. So Steelers going over eight and a half wins, even with that extra game. Well, I would lean over eight and a half at this point. But again, Ben Roethlisberger is somebody you got to watch closely. His, uh, I, I, would, I don't know if I can say he's fragile, but his arm strength definitely um, his ego maybe s- started to disappear <laughs> a little bit late in the season. Now, I'm worried we're about his health at this age. Mm-hmm. And if you take Big Ben out of the equation, then how many games are the Steelers going to win? I do think he's got one good year left in him. But if uh, f- for some reason uh, issues pop up with his arm or um, you know he goes down to some sort of injury, then uh, you don't want to have an over ticket on the Steelers. So I would not rush to the window to bet it. But if mm-hmm. you ask me today, I would lean over eight and a half on Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Lou, what do you think? Yeah, I think that numbers uh, total season total in the NFL eights, eight and a half, mm-hmm. uh, seven and a half, and nine, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Those are brain damage numbers. Meaning, <laughs> I have to wait until the last week of the season to find out if I'm going to win or not. I want it easier than that. So I tend to look for teams that have low numbers and find out which. Team 
teams will exceed that. Or a team, say, for instance, New Orleans, maybe even Kansas City with that 12 and a half and go under. I'm not afraid to fade those teams. As a matter of fact, I have under 104 in the Dodgers in baseball this year, and I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about it. Lowest win total on the board right now, I believe, is the Houston Texans. It's actually at four and a half on DraftKings right now. The plus mm. 118 for the over four and a half wins. Under at minus 143, so hasn't been bet up too much. What do you think about this low number, Lou? Boy, Danielle, you really got <laughs> me with that one because I, 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 there's no way I could touch that one now. But uh, if they get quarterback settled and, and the new coach seems to put some continuity in that team, by the time the late August comes around, I may change my mind. Yeah, if Deshaun Watson's going to be the quarterback, you'd say maybe you could uh, make a case for over four and a half. Right now, nobody knows the answer to that. Mm -hmm. And the Texans look like, I I think you can make an argument right now, they look like the worst team in the league on paper without Deshaun Watson. So that's one of those wait-and-see win totals. Uh, But as of today, I would have to say, I was hoping to play under five or five and a half. Four and a half is probably the right number. All right, stick with us. Best bets and more coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back in to My Guys in the Desert. This is the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info that you need. Danielle Alvari here inside the VSIN studio with Matt Humans, Lou Finacaro, Chris Andrews joining us just momentarily, and later on Nick Kalikas of uh, Circa Sports. Matt. All right. It's great to have Uncle Lou in town. Lou Finicaro up from Phoenix to Vegas for UFC 262 this weekend. And Chris Andrews in studio, the South Point Sportsbook Director. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Great seeing my man Lou. Absolutely, doing, Chris. So good to see you. Absolutely. You look great. Thanks. You too, buddy. You guys want to jump up and give each other a hug? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we'll get it after. Pause the show a big, here for a minute. Huh? A big Greek-Italian kiss. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Chris, you've been busy working on the NFL win totals. Yeah. You put them out this morning. They're up on Twitter at Andrews Sports if you want to check them out. So after the schedule release on uh, Wednesday and the week one lines go up, now we have the season win totals and uh, all the NFL basically. You put division odds up previous to that. So basically yeah. all the NFL up on the board right now at the South Point. Pretty much, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do games of the year. I'm doing yeah. working on some college games of the year. Uh, but that would be the only thing left in the NFL. I'm not sure I'm going to do that or not. I might not. Let's, t- let's take a look at the NFL week one lines first. And the, uh, the kickoff game is Cowboys, Buccaneers in Tampa on that uh, Thursday night. Has, uh, ha- have you seen significant action on any of the week one games or just kind of no. small plays? <laughs> no, I, got, uh, I think I've had one dime bet so far. That's it? Yeah, that's it. So uh, a lot of guys clamor for it, and then you put it up, and a lot of guys looking. That, but that's Listen, that's the nature of the beast, Matt. What am I going to Well, tell it's a great you? talking point, too, and we like to look ahead to the NFL season, which is four months away. But that's Thursday, September 9th. Cowboys, Buccaneers at the South Point, six and a half. The number total is 52. So... Jimmy Vaccaro's in studio with us a couple days ago. He said, as a bookmaker, you can bet on a ton of Buccaneers teaser action coming in on that opening Thursday. So you know that the Bucs on teasers are going to be a really popular play. Let's look at the NFL grand opening and how things stack up for the uh, Bucs 
I said favored by six and a half. Since 2004, defending Super Bowl champs, 13 and three in the NFL season opener. Tom Brady, three and one in the Thursday night opener. And uh, Brady, 10 and one career when opening the season at home. A lot of things. You're not helping me balance those teasers, uh, Matt. You know that. (laughs) You're going to be really heavy on Tampa Bay teaser action. I know I am, yeah. Uh, but we'll try to juice that money line a little bit, try to get a little bit on, in on the dog. That's really all we could do. We'll try to make it as attractive as we can. But it's going to be tough to beat Tampa at home Does Thursday it, night. Do you think at some point this number gets to seven or not? Will you just have immediate buyback from sharp betters at plus seven on the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I think we would get some buyback at seven on the Cowboys. Listen, they they have done a lot of things to address their defense. And, uh, you know, I mean, seven, uh, I mean, that's a mountain to climb in the NFL, you know. You can never be in the game and cover a seven-point spread. So I think that would definitely trigger, trigger a little action on the dog. Lou, what's your take on Cowboys-Bucks in the opener? Uh, my, my take is that that Cowboy running game needs to get established. And with Dak there, I think there's a chance that they can do that. And that means ball control. And ball control means less possessions, which means potentially a closer game and fewer points than many feel. All right. Now we're talking about big favorites in week one. How about the Buffalo Bills? Six and a half, six or six and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game's in Buffalo. Chris, I I think the dog is live. I'm a little bit surprised to see the number this high, but this is another one. I'll wait and say if it goes to seven, I'll grab the seven with the Steelers. What do you think of this? Well, you matchup? might see that because really, I mean, we, we talk about certain teams getting, and we use like a stock market terminology. The, stocks get oversold and overbought. You know, right now the Steelers are greatly oversold. And one thing I want to point out, man, I haven't pointed this out anywhere else before this week or before this show. The Steelers were the only team last year that did not get a buy. And they faded down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't get a bye, not by their own doing, but COVID. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee messed them up the one week. Yep. Baltimore messed them up the other week. And they wound up not having the bye. They did fade down the stretch. And I think that's part of why you saw that Steeler team fall apart at the end. Now, listen, there is a lot of stuff. Steelers had maybe the worst offensive line in the NFL last year, pass blocking and run blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they drafted Najee Harris as a running back. I think that will help. They addressed their offensive line with some later draft choices. Uh, I, I hate to say it can't get no worse because it can always get a little worse. But I think it has to be a little bit improved. And I think the Steelers right now, like I said, a little bit oversold. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, I said six, seven's a mountain to climb in the NFL. Well, six can be pretty high, too. So I think this team, even last year with all the problems they had, they still put some points on the board. And the defense is going to be really tough again. This is, a, this is a very good underdog catching a lot of points. And that's why I like the Steelers side here. And I also think the Buffalo Bills are going to be the betting public loves sure. the Bills. You mean yeah. one of the most popular teams with the public yeah. going into the season, right? They might have been a little bit overbought yeah. in into this coming year. So uh, right now, I think if you're looking at uh, like price for perfection, you're price for perfection on the Bills and price for very much imperfection on the Steelers. So I think six would be a very attractive dog here, yes. All right, how about the uh, Chargers? Going to be another popular public team, and I know plenty of sharp bettors who like the Chargers. In the big picture, I do too. But the Chargers as road favorites against Fitzmagic and the Washington football team. I'm looking for dogs here in week one. I think Washington's going to be a live dog. What's your take on that Chargers-Washington matchup? You know, in many years in Reno, I knew a guy, he'd come in and he'd bet, he'd bet a bunch of 
dogs the first week in a round robin. And that guy crushed me over the years, you know. Now, a lot of times I wound up rooting for him because, you know, people tend mm-hmm. to bet the favorites. But I think if you are looking for dogs and looking for dogs on the money line, you can get some pretty good value. Now, both these teams this year, I'm a little bit bullish on both of them. I think the Chargers lost an awful lot of close games mm-hmm. last year. You know, I think Herbert, uh, I think the sky's the limit for this kid. He looks really good. They got a new coaching staff in there. So I, I think the Chargers are going to be a very legitimate team. Uh, but I think Washington will be, too. I think Fitzmagic came in, and you know, they had their troubles at quarterback last year and still, I think, played pretty well. And that's okay. another team with a good defense. I, that's another live dog, I think, week one. Washington has a good defense, Lou, and not only that, you, with the Chargers side, you got a first-time head coach in the Chargers in that early kickoff spot on the East Coast. That's right. And, and listen, I totally agree with what you and Chris have both uh, highlighted there. The Chargers are ramping up from a decent season last year. Mm-hmm. However, with the new coaching staff, new second-year quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, it could take a couple of games, and you're going to catch a Washington team totally improved, brought in Samuel from Carolina, brought in Fitzmagic, solid defense, sophomore coach and Ron Rivera. I think Washington's going to be a tough, uh, a tough pill to swallow at home, and I think it's just the Chargers are catching them at the the first game of the season instead of the eighth, and I think that would make a difference. All right, I don't have a strong opinion on this yet, Chris, but uh, how do you see the Dolphins-Patriots matchup in Foxborough? You know, I, there's a lot of things I think the Dolphins did that were extremely positive, but I, that might be another team that's a little overbought right now. Um, I, I think that I'd be very bullish on the future for the Dolphins. I'm not sure that's going to happen this coming year, and I'm definitely not sure it's going to happen week one. Uh, the Patriots, you know, it's not, you're not asking much. You're asking them to win the game, basically, you know, a two-point favorite mm-hmm. or forty on the money line, a relatively low money line. Uh, I think the Patriots are going <laughs> to – I think they're going to make a pretty good run this year. Uh, you know, I think there's some value there, betting them to win the division. Uh, their season win total, I forget what exactly what I have them, but I have them like a little bit higher, I think, than most people. You know, because I, uh, I think the Patriots are going to make a, another pretty good run. Listen, I, I, you know, I know, uh, you know they, the quarterback situation last year wasn't perfect, but they drafted now another one. And, uh, you know, they had their health issues last year. They had a lot of guys that, you know, uh, for this, yeah, yeah. opted out for the season. I don't see that happening this year. I think this is going to be a very viable team, you know, for, for the long run. I think you could buy low on the Patriots here at minus two. Yeah. I could make a better argument for that, but I know a lot of people love the Dolphins. I looked at the win totals you put up today. You put the Dolphins up at nine, shaded that to the over. It looks like uh, minus 120, is that correct? Minus uh, 130. 130. 130. And uh, the Patriots at nine and a half, shaded to the under. Yeah, yeah. So pretty close, yeah. you know, just a, a little bit of juice. Uh, Juice on the over one side, juice on the under the other side, and, and a half a game difference. So pretty equal teams, I would say. But, uh, you know, let's not forget, Cam Newton did have COVID last year, like you mentioned, the, the opt-outs, you know, drafted a quarterback. You know, I mean, say what you will, but Belichick ain't happy about Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. And I know he's out to prove something for himself this year, and uh, I think they got a good chance of doing it. Yeah, I think Patriots going to have a much better season. All right, so uh, how do you deal with Packers, Saints? 
You did not put a lineup no. on that in week one. And how does that throw a wrinkle into what you're trying to do when you're making these season win totals? I didn't use them. I mean, very simply, I did not use the Packers. That's the one team I didn't use. Just how about the other teams on the Packers schedule? Something well, that, yeah. that's interesting that you say that because <laughs> I got bet today on over on two of those teams. Uh-huh. I got bet on – I've had – well, as of now, i got like three limit bets. Uh Two of them are the the Bears over and the Vikings over. Okay. So I I understand Bears that. Bears over seven, Vikings over nine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean I could see both of those, and I think the guy's taking it a little bit on the come, thinking that maybe if Rodgers doesn't play, all of a sudden each of those games, those two games that they face, Green Bay are going to be much much easier. And I I could see it. I tried to. I had a lot of different things I was looking at when I made these numbers, and I thought I'd put it in there. But, uh, you know, listen, that's what we're here for. Guys are going to disagree with me and show up with money. And the uh, guy bet. Guy bet me 2000 on each of those. That's your limit right now, 2000 yeah. on the win totals? Yeah. Okay, so Packers win total not up there. What is it with Aaron Rodgers? What is oh, it with geez. Adam? I know. I, we, we've been talking about this this week. And I think it makes a difference, too, do, if they trade Rodgers. Do they get a veteran quarterback right. back in return? Do you get – Let's say you get Teddy Bridgewater back in return from the Broncos. Uh, what do you make the Packers win total if it's Bridgewater, a quarterback? What do you make it if it's Jordan Love, a quarterback? Yeah. Or Aaron, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, it's 10.5 or 11, right? Well, I think it's, yeah, you're looking 10.5, 11, juice okay. maybe one way or the other, either way there. Without yeah. Rodgers, you're looking somewhere around 7. I was going to say 7.5, yeah. Okay. And I, I mean, listen, we don't know anything about Jordan Love. I mean, did we see him at all last year? I mean, I sure didn't see him enough to make any kind of an opinion. Uh, So I don't know. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, listen, I love Teddy Bridgewater coming out of college. I loved him with Minnesota. But he wrecked that knee, and unfortunately he's never been the same since then. I think he's a competent backup for you, but he's not going to be much more than that. And that's very unfortunate for him. All right, the last game to look at here, week one, Monday night. Ravens at Raiders. Where'd you open this? Where are you now? And I, I see you put the Raiders win total up at seven and a half. Shaded yeah. that under minus one thirty, it appears, and that's yeah. a little bit higher than some books that put up seven. Well, you know, Matt, when I look at these, I try to think, how am I going to lose this bet? You know, and I think if I put it up seven, I really think it was a one-way number. I think guys would have bet me over. So, let's say guys are betting me over seven. Well, how am I going to win the bet? They got to go six and eleven. I think they're better than that. You know, I, I think they're better than six and eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have uh, you know so the extra home game. You know, so I thought that seven and a half was a better number. And you know, if, if they do, if they bet me under, you know, I think they can get to eight wins. I think eight and nine is very uh, you know a reasonable expe- expectation here. And you know, everybody knocks Carr an awful lot, but you know he's. A Pretty decent quarterback, you know, and they they put up numbers last year. So the defense was a big problem, and I, I don't know if they've addressed it or not. I really don't. I'm with you. I don't like to bet overs at this point, but this is one. I think I would play the Raiders over seven at places that put that up. Chris, yeah. I think you better made a better number. I think it should be seven and a half, and seven is one you should play over on the Raiders. I think seven's a one-way number. You, you might lose, but I, I think you, there's no way you right. could bet under seven. Now you can't look at six, six and eleven right. for this team. I just think they're better than that. All right, let's talk college football. A week from today, I know yeah. a lot of people are fired up about this. You're going to put up college football games of the year here at the South Point. That's one of your favorite things to do yeah. every year. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I got a couple more conferences. I'm refining my uh, power ratings on. I got the the Mountain West Conference USA and uh, and the MAC. 
you know, and I'll use a couple out of every single conference, but naturally we're going to be loaded with SEC games. We'll be loaded with Big Ten games. We'll have some good Pac-12 games. And, uh, you know, I think because the way I'm going to do season win totals this year, I'm still a little nervous about COVID. So I'm going to do conference games only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, what do you do with BYU and what do you do with Notre Dame? So I, I'm probably not going to use Notre Dame season win totals, but both BYU and, by the way, BYU is a hell of a schedule this year. BYU and Notre Dame, I think I'm going to have them in quite a few of the games of the year. So I'm going to try to compensate that way. I know people who will be flying into town. I do, too. To bet your college football <laughs> games of the year here at the South Point. I Tell want Paul to... Stone to take it easy on me, Matt. <laughs> Paul's one of the few that will be out of here. You expect to see him next week. I wanted to throw this up and get you guys taken real quick before we check out here. State of Nebraska, which is close to Lou's heart, the senators have okayed sports betting in that state, but they are banning betting on Nebraska Cornhusker home games. How do you feel about that, Chris? I think it's ridiculous. It's pointless, right? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, the, the, isn't there a casino right on the border across the river from Omaha? In Iowa, yes, yeah. Chris. So exactly. Give them all the business. And <laughs> as it is right now, it, it's it's a, a complete embargo across that bridge every single yeah. day. Now they're going to get it. Um, I wish Nebraska would have done their due diligence like Arizona. Arizona, we've got a, a sharp governor that he actually uh, hired Bill Crackman to come down, Krakenberger, excuse me, the Crackman, to come down and consult with them. And because of that, we have a really, really awesome setup where the tribes, the Indian casinos, got 10. We got 10. And so we're going to have mobile. All Nebraska right, a week from today, Chris, to use it better. a week from today, the college football games of the year go up here. That's, uh, what time are you going to put them up next week? Oh, probably about 11, I'd say. All right, Something we'll like try that. to get you on the show next Friday. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, you get a $250 match bonus, the fastest payouts on only one-time playthrough at BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? In Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. In Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Not valid in Iowa. Let's get back to My Guys in the Desert with Matt Humans and Lou Finicaro. All right, Uncle Lou, we've got a uh, baseball game starting here in about 10 minutes in Pittsburgh. Giants and Pirates, Kevin Gossman going for the Giants and uh, the South Point right now, minus 190. Obviously, too high a price uh, for me to play it today. Giants have won five of their past six, and uh, they are 23-14, and 14, best record in the National League. And Kev- Kevin Gossman's off to a great start. Uh, 197 ERA, top 10 in the NL. The Pirates 3-11 and 11 in their last 14 games. If you're going to throw 
a favorite on a parlay, maybe the Giants. But I, I'm not going to use that as a best bet. As high as I'll go, I'm going to play the Tampa Bay Rays uh, today. And uh, I like the pitching matchup, obviously, for the Rays with Tyler Glass now going. The best price I can find out there at Caesars William Hill right now, Rays minus 152. So I'll go with that as a best bet. Uh, Rays minus 152 over the Mets. And uh, yesterday in baseball, on this uh, segment, I had a Rays winner at plus 115 over the Yankees. Also had an NBA play last night, Heat minus 2.5 over the Sixers. So 2-0 on best bets last night. Uh, I'm going to throw a UFC play in here. A.J. Kaplan, who's Tony Miller's nephew, Tony Miller, the Golden Nuggets sportsbook director, he's a big fan of uh, Lou Finicaro. You guys are very similar in the way you handicap the UFC. And he's been uh, pitching Muniz to me on the UFC card this week. And I know you're on it too. And I looked at it and I said, okay, this makes a lot of sense against a 41-year-old Souza. So I'm playing Munez at minus 105 as the best bet in the UFC. Is that on your card? Let's look at your best bets for UFC 262. Munez is plus 105. Plus Matthew. 105. Did I say minus? You did, but plus that's 105. Okay. You get the a benefit. small dog price on uh, him. Go ahead. He is on my card. He was also written up with Oliveira at Point Spread Weekly. So those of you and and at the time he was plus 100. So if you didn't, if you missed it, you get a nickel more uh, by t- by by waiting and taking him now. So best bets, UFC 262, Oliveira minus 135 currently then the Oliveira Chandler over two and a half rounds plus 155 I'd advise patience there because that number is growing Burgos minus 140 Grundy minus 120 uh, Caitlin Chukagian she is minus 140 or so but by taking her via decision we can convert that to a plus 100 or plus 105 and then lastly Munez Okay, Andre Munez plus 105 against Jakare Souza in a uh, middleweight fight at 185 pounds. I read your write-up on this in Point Spread Weekly, the VSIN Digital Magazine this week, and uh, I thought you made a very convincing case. And I was talking to AJ, and he likes it. He liked this play a lot too. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and t- I played the plus 105 at Circus Sports. That's one of them. Lou, I'm probably going to play most of your best bets this weekend, so hopefully you have another strong UFC card. And I would say the past year and a half you've been really steady. Uh, you Maybe you've had a couple of bad Saturdays, but very few and far between, right? It, yeah. Win percentage uh, over the cor- course of the last year has actually been a little above 50%. But let's understand, while that doesn't sound very impressive, we're betting underdogs for the most part. And so return on investment has been great. So uh, a 2-2 two and two result, a 2-3 and three result us- usually allows us to come out with a few pennies. We're looking forward to having a much better result than 50-50 this weekend. All right. And also, we're not going to list this on the graphic, but let's go ahead and go with the uh, Preakness best bets uh, for Saturday. And uh, I'm going to go with number five, Midnight Bourbon. That's going to be my best bet. I had Hot Rod Charlie in the uh, Kentucky Derby. He ran third. I'm going with the number five, Midnight Bourbon. And I think I'm going to throw in the four in an exact box there with crowded trades. So uh, four or five. How are you going to play the Preakness? I'm going to do exactly what my little mentor, uh, Larry Rosso, has advised. I'm going to take the three and the four in in an exact and probably play the four across the board straight up. All right, we come back. We're going to look at the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. That's one of Lou's favorite things, and that gets started this weekend. We'll take a look at the bracket, the series prices, and the best bets. 
in the NHL. And we're going to wrap up the show today with uh, Nick Kalikas of Circus Sports, one of the best UFC oddsmakers in the world, talking about UFC 262. Back here in a couple minutes, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. to find our full race coverage and picks from horse racing specialists. Plus, get a special offer from our partners at FirstBet. FirstBet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VEASAN subscription products for free from now through the Belmont Stakes. Sign up now and you'll get analysis and wagering on every race with AI-assisted picks, secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. Go to vcin.com slash horses now for this special offer and expert analysis on the Freakness. That's vcin.com slash horses. Now back to my guys in the desert with Matt Humans and Lou Finicaro. All right, quick look at the PGA Tour update here. Sam Burns on fire and the Byron Nelson 17 under through two rounds, 10 under 62 today. At TPC, Craig Ranch, north of uh, Dallas. So Sammy Burns with a three-stroke lead as it stands right now, going to the weekend. 17 under through two rounds. Uh, of course, maybe a little bit too easy for most of these players. Lou, the cut line is minus six. Uh, my best bet to win, Scotty Scheffler, is bar- barely going to make the cut at minus seven. He's right there with Bryson DeChambeau at seven under. And uh, Jordan Spieth. Is uh, he shot a 70 today? Spieth is at 11 under, six strokes back of the lead. I did win my only matchup, I bet, which was Scheffler over Fitzpatrick. And Matt Fitzpatrick did not make the cut at two under, and Scheffler did make the cut. So uh, positive there. Let's uh, go to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the um, Colorado Avalanche win the President's Trophy, and they are the number one seed in the West. Let's look at the bracket, too. And uh, you talked about this, Lou. It's, this is different from past years in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this bracket is just a first-round bracket, correct? That's correct. We're going to uh, determine a final four uh, team from each of the Northwest, Central, and East divisions. And then at that point, based on season-ending point totals, we'll reseed one to four, two to three, which makes it challenging to really get uh, two entailed with future positions. Uh, so uh, I, I looked at a couple of bombs that I think make some sense. But more importantly, uh, this year more than, it, it, just like any other year, it may make more sense to play a series of series bets in order to gain your future so that you can reestablish a handicapping process after we're down to four teams and they're receded. Have you had a chance to uh, analyze the series prices that are up yet? Chris Andrews at the South Point put the series prices up on the uh, first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, today. And uh, you can take a look at them up there on the screen now at vcin.com. I'll start at the top. Yes. The Bruins minus 155 over the Capitals. These are from Circus Sports. Uh, Penguins minus 150 over the Islanders. Lightning 
minus 160 over the Panthers. Vegas Golden Knights minus 250 over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes minus 270 over Nashville. Colorado Avalanche minus 450 over the St. Louis Blues. Edmonton Oilers minus 210 over the Jets. And the last one, Toronto about minus 300 over Montreal. What jumps out to you there? What what jumps out to me there is the complete lack of disrespect that the St. Louis Blues are getting based That's... on who they are, how they played their last 20 games, who's in net. Yes, they're playing the President's Cup or the President's Trophy winner Avalanche. And the Avalanche are skilled, fast, deep. Last year, they really got hung up because Grubauer, their, their goalie, uh, got injured. He's back. He's playing healthy. That's a solid team, but that team is not 455 against St. Louis. For weeks, Barubi has been talking in the press like a playoff coach. His team has been festering and and getting themselves together like a playoff team. Uh, uh, St. Louis 12 and 8 in their last 20 games. Colorado a little bit better than that. And Colorado has owned St. Louis during the course of the year. But that does not deter me one bit. Uh, two years ago, the Blues won this thing on the strength of Jordan Bennington. The team mm-hmm. is talking high on Bennington. I'm high on the Blues. And for that reason, the Blues will be a future position for me. Whether you want to take them 365 in this series and then roll it, or you want to take them 40 to 1 as the South Point has them here uh, as a future position to win the Cup, either avenue you take, I, I think the Blues are poised for a, a very very successful run this year. I know uh, a couple of hockey handicappers look at the Edmonton Oilers at 30 to 1 to win the cup. Uh, do you endorse that? How do you feel about uh, Edmonton in that first round series against uh, the Jets? If anything, I think the Oilers might be mispriced in that they should be a little higher than that. Uh, I I think higher they, than two ten. I do believe that. I, I I think the Jets they have a, such a hard time scoring goals. Uh, really, what they have is a great goaltender, but they can't insulate him in any way. Uh, the Oilers with McDavid. I think McDavid has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Mike Smith, the goaltender, played for my uh, Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes years ago with the same coach Tippett up there. These guys know how to win, and I, I really do like the Oilers as a threat to get out of that uh, North Division. You handicap hockey from the goal out, right? Yes, and and I really want to stress that the game in the playoff season, the game of hockey in playoffs, and the game that they play in the regular season are two completely different games. Mm-hmm. And because there is no three-on-three Mickey Mouse overtime or shootouts, you have to be a man and get a win via overtime. And so teams that play from the goal out, such as the Blues, such as Las Vegas, uh, uh, Islanders, those are teams that I really try and key in on. Another good example, the Boston Bruins. How about the Vegas Golden Knights uh, from the go out? Pretty strong team. Minus 250 over Minnesota Wild, and we've uh, talked about this before. The Wild have given the uh, Knights fits. They really have, this year especially. That said, when when I look at my flow chart and compare the teams head-to-head, it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't match up, and I'm going to ignore the recent success that Minnesota has had against Las Vegas, and I, I really look for Las Vegas to be standing uh, as one of the 
four and then two final teams when it's all said and done. Do you? I do. You think Vegas got a great shot to get back to the cup? I think they have a Finals? great, great shot, and, and shot. And it's been me that's been most critical of Flurry in past years, and I think it's Flurry that's going to help deliver him this year. All right. You can read uh, Lou Finicaro and Point Spread Weekly. You can always read his UFC analysis. Sometimes your hockey analysis is in there, but I know uh, our VP of digital content, Ben Fox, is always trying to find these advanced analytics guys to take your place. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. Yeah, no, as long as an old saddle can win old once or twice. Winifar- Lou Finicaro is not yeah. going anywhere. Well, we hope so. All right. We'll talk UFC 262 next with uh, Nick Kalikas of Circus Sports. Stay tuned. OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up to the second info you need. Now let's get back to my guys in the desert with Matt Humans and Lou Finicaro. All right, let's get right to it. We have a lot of fights to cover in this final segment today. Nick Kalikas joins us from uh, Circus Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Fight Odds. Uh, Nick, we we're hoping to watch the fights maybe down there this weekend. Uh, Lou Finicaro is in here with me. Uh, are the fights going to be shown at Circa or the D on Saturday night? Yes, uh, they will be shown. I believe we have the fight warehouse going on for Circa, and I believe the viewing options are available at the D. But I, don't quote me on that one as well. But I know for sure on the properties they will be shown at okay. least one of the venues. Okay, we'll check that out uh, for sure. I did uh, want to tee you up on uh, the main event before we uh, throw it over to Lou to uh, dig into this card. Charles Oliveira. Michael Chandler, what do you have on the on the main event, and how do you expect that fight to play out? Man, what an awesome fight, because these guys bring it each and every time out. I mean, they're both finishers. Right now at, at Circa, we have Oliveira minus 143, the comeback on Chandler at round plus 123. And I opened the line at minus 130, plus 10 on the dog. And, of course, it was staying steady for quite a while, and now we're starting to see a little bit more action come in on Oliveira. Uh, there is a lot of two-way sharp action coming in this fight, but as we get closer to fight day, it seems like the a little bit more love. Well, uh, interesting. Now, Nick, uh, I'd like to ask how you view and break down this fight. We've discussed my angle being Oliveira and the over, but we we would like to get your opinion because I think that you uh, favored Michael Chandler in this fight. Yeah, I do lean towards the dog. I mean, like I said, I think, well, market-wide, the opener was about minus 180 or so, and then early action did come in on the dog. Um, so I undercut the market and actually opened a scalp at the time that we did go up. I'm um, expecting this line to drop a little bit. I mean, because this is an ultra-competitive fight. I think you have to chase the dog money with all due respect in the spot because both of these guys are high-caliber finishers. Like I said, Chandler has that explosiveness. He's got the ability to close that gap and utilize that boxing skill like a lot of fighters do not. I mean, he's just a special type of fighter, I think, with his boxing ability and his accuracy as well. 
Oliveira on the other side of it, I mean, he's definitely a threat. His striking continues to improve. He's shown a lot more toughness, I think, at lightweight than he has actually at featherweight since the move up did end up working out pretty well for him. I think you would say that, right? He's in this spot for a reason. And he's one of the most devastating finishers of all time, really. I mean, his submission skills like no one else. So I get that. That's the danger you're facing here. But I do think that Chandler is the better striker. I do think that Chandler has the wrestling to probably keep this fight upright and to keep this fight in space and control where the fight goes. So with that, I think it's hard not to side with the underdog and take some plus money value here. And, and how do you view the total in the fight, Nick? It's tough. I think it's it's about right right now. I, I think if you're going to do anything, you have to lean a little bit more towards the under because of the finishing ability. But it's starting to steam up a little bit uh, on the under, meaning the price was at minus 160 the other day. Now it's at minus 180 for the under two and a half rounds. So it's getting a little bit tougher to bet. Uh, but I do think there's a finish along the way. So I don't expect this to hit the scorecards, but it's a lot tougher going two and a half than it is, of course, the full five here. But I do lean under. A year ago, Tony Ferguson was on his way to uh, a fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's had a couple of disappointing setbacks since. He faces a fighter very much like him in Vanille Dariush today, although Dariush had a little trouble on the scales this morning at weigh-in. How do you break down this fight? Man, you're absolutely right. And if this fight was a couple years ago before the two losses for Ferguson, I think he would be a favorite, obviously, coming into this fight. But that Gaethje fight took so much out of him that I think you have to kind of realize that it and impact um, the line on this fight for sure. It, it did have an effect there. And then, of course, the follow-up to Oliveira and getting taken down and controlled and beat like he did in that fight, um, Darius can present a lot of the same problems in that matchup. Right now we have it at minus 160 for Darius to come back, plus 140 on Ferguson. Um, I just think that Ferguson did kind of reach that spot in his career where we're not going to see him in his prime. You know, I think he father time catches up with us all. And unfortunately for Ferguson, I think he's still game. I mean, he can still go out there and obviously win some fights, but I think at this higher level, it's going to be tougher and tougher for him. But this is a good bounce back spot for him. If he could come in here and pick off Darius and get back on track, then maybe he has a little bit more left in the tank than we think. So it's not going to be an easy fight. But I think Darius can possibly finish him on the feet. And I think Darius can get some takedowns here. It's only a three round fight. So if I was going to be concerned, it would probably be if this fight was five rounds because Darius does tend to slow down a little bit as the fight progresses. But I trust him in a three-round fight, and I think he can control this fight, get some takedowns, and like I said, and I think he could do well on the feet here. So I think you have to lean more towards a favorite in this spot. Uh, but we are going to continue to get two action. Again, this is another spot. Both these guys are well-respected that we're going to have sharp opinion on both sides. I'm going to go down and take us to Burgos and Barboza, which on, on paper looks to be just a complete firefight. How do you view uh, Barboza being a little bit older than Burgos, Burgos being a little bit wilder than Barboza? <laughs> Absolutely, but this fight's going to deliver. I mean, there's no way it doesn't because both these guys like to stand and bang. We know that. I don't think they're going to be looking for many takedowns here. And, and again, their takedown defense overall is pretty decent as well. So two strikers, high-level strikers. Obviously, Barboza is the more technical fighter. He's definitely, I think, the more well-versed striker. I mean, his kicks are just amazing, whether it's to the legs, body, or head. Of course, he's very effective with them, has good hands to go along with it. Um, one of the all-time best strikers in the sport, I think. So, But, again, we're, we're talking about a similar situation, I think, that, to the Ferguson fight where Barboza is 35 years old, although he's looked okay. I, I don't think he's as quite shot. I'm not going to say he's a shot fighter at this point because at featherweight, he's actually looked okay. You can argue he won the fight against Iggy that he lost. And then in his last fight, I mean, he did pull off that win there. So he could be 2-0 and in the featherweight division. So he's got life left. I just think Burgos is a bad stylistic matchup for him in this spot because he's got a lot of power. I think even though he is a little bit more wild in that stand-up game, I think it's going to probably pay him dividends here because I think if, if this turns into a firefight, 
Burgos will probably come out on top. I think he's a little bit more durable. And I, I think this is a really good bounce back spot for him as well. He's coming off that loss to Emmett. And I mean, with the youth advantage being on his side and getting an opportunity like this, I think he's going to deliver. So for me, I'm leaning at Burgos. We are seeing the line creep up a little bit of circle right now. Burgos is minus 159. The comeback on Barboza is plus 139. Um, a couple of days ago, it was a lot lower. So we are starting to see some sharp action agree and come in on Burgos. But make no mistake, this should be an amazing fight. I mean, it should have fireworks all over it. And you're able to see, you know, action coming in on these various fights. Uh, between what you're seeing down at Circa as well, your own handicapping, take me to another fight or two that you have targeted, please. Well, there's been a lot of action coming in on Shevchenko versus Lee. I mean, Andrea Lee, of course, as an underdog, is a popular bet. I think this is the one that we've had the most movement. We were as high as minus 200 on Antonina Shevchenko. Of course, Valentina's sister. Uh, for me, Valentina Shevchenko is the best pound-for-pound female fighter on the planet. And with Antonina training with her and kind of being in that shark tank with her and, and getting better and improving, I think people are underestimating her a little bit. But I understand this is going to be a competitive fight. We've seen a lot of action coming on Andrea Lee, a lot of sharp action agreeing with it as well, along with public, of course. So everybody's kind of riding that Andrea Lee train. I think at this price, though, at minus 120, we could see some value opening up on Shevchenko because I think in a point fight situation, which this will end up being, I think that Shevchenko can win on the scorecard. So everybody kind of taking that dog. At this point, I think the value is long gone on Andy Lee, and I think there's some value that possibly opens up on Shevchenko. I couldn't agree more with that statement. Thank you very much. And so, uh, lastly, uh, the young Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist Muniz against the old, you know, pedigreed uh, Jacare Souza. Help me understand how you want to break this fight down. This is tough. Another spot where you have the aging vet, Jacques Ray Souza. He's 41 years old. He's coming off that devastate, devastating knockout loss to Kevin Holland in his last fight. It just wasn't a good look. But, I mean, the guy obviously has some ability. He's one of the all-time greats, I think, as well. I mean, he's one of these master jiu-jitsu practitioners, one of the best ever to do it in the sport, I think, um, that improved his stand-up to the point where he's very effective in all areas of the game. It's just father time is catching up with him a little bit, and he's been chinny throughout his career. I mean, not as bad as what we saw in the Holland fight, obviously. That was just kind of a freakish type of KO. But, I mean, if there's any kryptonite to his game, it has been his chin in his past, in the past. And stylistically, though, this should be a pretty good matchup for him, you would think, because it's a jiu-jitsu guy versus a jiu-jitsu guy. And Muniz, he is a jiu-jitsu practitioner as well. Um, but here, again, I think Muniz is going to be a little bit faster. I mean, he's been knocked out four times throughout his career as well. But I do think at this point, he probably is the more durable fighter. And I think the ground game, when you see these just world-class jiu-jitsu fighters start to age, they start to slow down a little bit on the ground. They're not as smooth. They're not as fast. And I think Muniz is a little bit more capable of getting this fight to the ground. We're getting more action right now on Jacare because I think, again, if this was back a couple of years ago, Jacare would be a solid favorite over Muniz, but it's not. I mean, it's 2021. And I think you have to kind of lean towards a younger fighter, even though he's not the better overall mixed martial artist. I think Jacare Souza is better on the feet, but I think his chin could get checked here, even if Muniz is not the better striker. And I think Muniz is going to look for some takedowns and probably get this fight to the floor. So if anything, for me, I would lean dog here and against the current betting action that's coming in on Jacare Souza. Hey, Nick, how does, uh, how, how's your wagering handle on this card so far? How do you expect it to compare to recent UFC cards? I think it's going to be a good one because I think that uh, even though it may be to the public spotlight, Chandler Oliveira might be floating under the radar. I think the word is going to get out how 
great of a fight this could be. And I think we're going to see a lot more handle on fight day come in. I mean, our limits are pretty decent right now. We're going to be taking like 20,000 on this main event. Um, it's circa that standard betting limits for anybody on fight day. So if you guys want more, come to the counter and ask, and we can try to do our best to, uh, you know, get you guys what you want. But right now that's kind of going to be um, the average size bet that we're getting quite a bit on, uh, you know, the type of fight like this. So I think we're going to see a, a lot of handle on this fight, the main event. It's going to draw more action, of course, across the board to everything else. Lou, do you have your duffel bag full of cash? I have a, a pocket full of pennies, and we're going to come down there and invest them uh, down at the Circa tomorrow night, and we'll look forward to seeing you. will be on premises tomorrow night, uh, Nick? Yeah, I'll be running the risk for this card um, at the Golden Gate, but I'll pop out and definitely uh, come check you guys out. Look forward to seeing you. We sure appreciate you coming on and spreading some knowledge with us today about the UFC 262 card. Thanks a lot, Nick. Appreciate it. Nope. No problem. Enjoy the fights, guys. It was a pleasure coming on. Thank you. Thank All right, you. Nick Kalikas, Risk Supervisor at Circus Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Fight Odds. And uh, Lou, you're a dog player, so looking forward to uh, your your first tweet where you put up a picture of a dog and say you're on the board. Well, Saturday I, night. that'll yeah. hopefully that's uh, with Munez or uh, you know Grundy's minus one twenty. That'd be great if he was a dog by the time he went off. All right. Also today, thanks to uh, Mitch Lawrence and Chris Andrews. Don't forget, a week from today, Chris Andrews puts up college football games of the year here at the South Point Sportsbook. Have a winning weekend. This is v the Sports Betting Network.